Hello, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Listen, don't text the show today because we are not live for various reasons. We're actually... uh Anyway, um, you can, however, follow the show at Frank on the Radio on Twitter and Instagram or email the show via the Absolute website. So we exist, but we are um, not part of the uh, time vortex. Um, Do we exist, Frank? Pardon? Do we exist, Frank? I was being Um, like a French philosophy friend of yours and we were smoking Galois in a cafe. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I um, I drink, therefore I am, which is something I used to say a lot in the 80s. Um, so, I'll let, um, welcome. I can't actually see um, Alan and uh, Emily, but um, I, it's lovely to just feel there, to feel the love down the, down the line. What are you um, wearing? What am I wearing? I'm yeah. wearing... You remember someone sent us a free um, Lewis Chessman T-shirt? <laughs> Oh, it's good that I've got one. I've, I've yeah, I've bulldog clipped it into a mankini. <laughs> That's not uh, what I've done. <laughs> no, but I think I've got I've got less um, less to uh, to cover. Uh, so I, uh, it's okay as long as you don't sit on the clip. If you sit on the clip, it all springs up into a um, crop top. Oh, yeah. Anyway, you don't want to hear about that. I'm I'm um, wearing a hoodie that I got given by a friend who used to have a, a sort of ski wear business and it went bust. And so he gave me loads of hoodies and I love them. And I feel a bit bad right. about the fact that every time I wear them, I'm sort of enjoying his company's demise. That's uh, well, yeah. you're not really enjoying that, are you? No, there was I, that French philosopher who said um, talked about the very unique pleasure of watching a close friend fall off the roof of a house. <laughs> wow. Um, but That's I'm sure... philosophy it's, meets slapstick. <laughs> yeah, but I think if, uh, if he knows you well, he'll, he'll know that it's, it's the free that's yeah. the important rather than the, the fail. I'm also wearing a free top, so that's all of us. Wow, all three of us individually are wearing free tops. We haven't even come together to wear free tops. It's happened spontaneously. That's incredible. One of the joys of this job, I must say, is free stuff. Perhaps it's the main joy. I haven't decided yet. What I need is a league table of joy relating to this job. And whatever it was at the top, obviously it would be the love and attention of of the audience, mainly the camaraderie of you two. But nevertheless, free stuff would be <laughs> right up there in the uh, in the top section. I must say, this week alone, I've had uh, a book from a guy called Mark Morris uh, called The Anglo Saxons, and you think, well, that's the perfect gift for Frank. But it arrived in the same post as a book called Excavate, which was about the fall. What about that for a combo of freebies? Oh, man, it's covering all my aspects. Which is more than I can say for my mankini. (laughs) (laughs) Was Mark Morris, was he Return of the Mac? Um, Yeah, I don't think it's him. I I mean, I I don't like to pigeonhole anyone, but I just can't see him writing a big book on the Anglo-Saxons. But, you know, <laughs> people, yeah. people probably couldn't imagine me writing a prayer book. Let's face it. Yeah. That's quieting people down a bit. And if you mention the <laughs> prayer book, it all gets a bit awkward. <laughs> people think, oh, I don't know, I don't really want to talk about the prayer book. It's a bit weird. When Graham Norton, he says, oh, you've got a prayer book out. Anyway, next week, we have moved on to something else. I mean, I, I felt for him. Well, I loved the prayer book. I've told you I know, I, that was lovely I've... of you. Even I'm awkward talking about it. It's a prayer book, for goodness sake. How did that happen? (laughs) I used to be the dirty mouth comic. I still am in many ways. Um, Anyway, we're not here to talk about uh, contradictions of personality. Prayer books. (laughs) Prayer books. We're here to talk about prayer. No, we're not. No. I am on on, um, Good Morning Sunday on Sunday morning. I'm talking to Jason Muhammad about... Prayer books, if you want to tune in and listen to me. Oh. 
Oh, I will do. I've never seen that show, but I will. No, it's a radio show. That that'll be why. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was like GMB, but it had a we religious theme. I thought that that's what it sounded like. <laughs> no, no, it's it's nothing like GMB. Frank Skinner, Skinner. on Absolute Radio. I was watching a fantastic. Uh, television program. You know, we have we have a sort of a TV club, um, us three, me, Emily, and Alan, and we we'll we'll arrive every Saturday and say, "Oh, I saw this brilliant stuff," and then we'll often go away, and the other two will uh, will watch it. Yeah. Have you seen the the Zen Diary of Gary Shandling? Oh, oh yes. Can I say I put this forward in the TV club some while back? I just yeah, well, wanna... it is absolutely fantastic. And I was yes. watching it. If you're interested in comedy, watch that two-part documentary. Anyway, I was watching it, and I thought, God, he's what? A, how did he cope? This guy, so much pain and angst, even though he was doing really well. That you know, just suffering for his art, awful. And then during the commercial break, I looked at my uh, Doctor Who alerts, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Big Finish, who is the company that make Doctor Who audio things, were announcing proudly that they'd got two nominations in this year's ARIA Awards. Now, in case you don't know, the ARIAs are like the Oscars of radio. Right. And if you you don't get an, an ARIA nomination, you're nobody. So I thought I'll have a look, you know, see what we got. Al, I'm just going to go to the toilet and be sick. (laughs) <laughs> oh dear. Absolutely nothing. And so when Gary Shandling came back on, I thought, you know what? He's actually got it quite right. He's actually quite well balanced. <laughs> I felt, oh man. It's, it's a credit to that documentary that I probably heard three or four sentences from the next hour of it. <laughs> I wasn't just thinking about the fact that we hadn't been nominated. For a uh, for an aria, you notice I'm saying we. Obviously, if if we had been nominated, I'd be saying I. <laughs> well, I was going to say Al. It was it was him that won best speech broadcaster. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I actually won it, did I? Oh, oh no, dear. I did win oh. that one. Yes, it's been yeah, so did. long ago. Oh man, I, I, I tell you, and I, I was looking at the nominations, and um, there's plenty of abs- congratulations to all absolute, and I say that with utter sincerity. Um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we only record on audio with no visuals. <laughs> um, oh, that's made me laugh. Um, Bush and Ritchie <laughs> got a nomination, Jason Manford, and I thought, is it, pos- is it possible that they've thought, well, we got those three people nominated at um, Absolute, and it was like me, Jason Manford, Bush and Ritchie. But when they saw, when they put the first two down, Jason Manford, Bush and Ritchie, they thought, well, that's three names. That must be it with Absolute. Maybe. So, you know, is it just um, sloppy admin? A clerical error. <laughs> I was thinking of getting my PA to phone the ARIA people, but it's, it's embarrassing. Not to, cl- not to complain, not to complain, <laughs> just to clear it up. We don't want any... How embarrassing for them on the night when they, you know, walk up to Jason Manford and say, oh, you look much younger in yes, the so flesh. It wouldn't be at all embarrassing for your PA to ring and say, no, why I, I didn't Frank Skinner get it nominated? I don't think... I've got, to, I've got to be honest, that's absolutely... I mean, sick about it. I'm still... <laughs> I'm still feeling... I can feel it a bit... Not, it's a bit like, not when you're in the very depths of flu, but you know when you're starting to come out of flu and you still feel quite tired and a bit stiff in the bones. I really, I don't, oh man. I mean, my first thought was, thank God, we've just signed our new contract. I thought, thank God we got that under the wire before, before this slap back, because uh, otherwise that, that could have been a tricky negotiation. Don't forget this week's texting. Why weren't we nominated for an ARIA <laughs> award? No, don't text in. Um, don't, oh, there no, isn't any text. text. There's no texting this week because we're not, we're not 
live. But if they send um, us emails, we can sort of consider it to be long distance correspondence and reply next week, can't we? Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure we should have that as an actual. Text. <laughs> I mean, no, we can put I'm, it on. I'm not sure either, Frank. Imagine if we put that on Twitter. <laughs> Why weren't we nominated for an ARIA award? Can you imagine the depth of the bile that we would have to wallow in? That sort of bile that goes into long strands when you pull at it, that's what, that's what mm. it would be like. I don't think they allow that stuff on Twitter, do they? Look, if we had it, no, I don't think they do. If we, if we yeah. had texting this week, I would, I would declare a praise amnesty and just get as much loving as I could to try and pull me yeah. through this. Yeah, because I'm feeling pretty low. I've got to be, <laughs> got to be straight so, with you. But yeah. again, congratulations to uh, to Jason and Bush and Richie. You've yeah, said that four enjoy, times now, Frank. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your evening. He sounded like that man. <laughs> enjoy what, your man? win, Jane. <laughs> yeah. I think it's all right to talk about. You know, if 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 we'd been. Uh, you know when you get nominated and then someone says, oh, I got nominated, I was really shocked. I think it's all right to say, I didn't get nominated, I was really shocked. I mean, that's both sides of the same coin. Yeah. I'm thinking also mm. of the tearful acceptance speech. What about my tears? Anyway, <laughs> that's, uh, it's, you know, I awards. Think, Frank, they don't mean anything, we know They that. should let one person who wasn't nominated make, their, make a speech. Oh, that could be good. That's a great idea. And just I think why I think they're sad. Be, I think that would be not nominated. It's, I think why they're sad is all right. Why they're bitter and twisted would be uh, would be worse for the evening. I think there should be a, a European aria nominations where you get nominated every year, absolutely guaranteed, whether you've done <laughs> good or badly. I but of course, someone would be upset about that. The aria <laughs> super league. <laughs> anyway, let's not uh, let's not uh, dwell on this slap the in the face. No. Um, what else then is uh, is happening? You ask me. Mm. Oh, I tell you what, I did do uh, last week. I went I went for a long drive. I say a long drive, like a couple of hours. First did time you? I've had a long drive. Oh God, since I don't remember because of like lockdowns and things. And you know what? I, I just thought I actually liked driving again. It felt great. You know, places. it was it was elbow on the sill driving. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it really I, felt good. I felt I felt like I was in an American road movie, even kind of, though uh, um, I was in Gloucestershire. <laughs> well, I you know I I suppose I drove about eighty miles. Oh, and then, absolutely. obviously, I drove 80 miles back. Otherwise, um, well, I'm just going to pop off and uh, get a Paisley shirt because I feel like James May right now. Yeah, obviously, I'm suppressing the instinct to ask Frank what miles per gallon he averaged, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> well, of course, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know that. What I do know is you lose, you lose absolute radio at Oxford, certainly on my car. Oh. I mean... How do we get? How do we get these texts from like New Zealand and stuff? If mm. I can't get Absolute Radio in Oxford in the car, that mm. can that be right? Oh, I can't be. And obviously, I, mean, I... I couldn't bear to listen to another channel, so I just listened to <laughs> for about an hour, and uh, that that's hard on the nerves. I was just talking about, um, I don't know if it's just me, but I can't get absolute radio past Oxford on my car. Um, I, I used to have a car aerial. Has that become something that no one has anymore, a car aerial? I, I mean, a, 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 a silver thing sticking out the back of the car. Has that gone forever? Well, I believe I that's just on your vintage car now. Yes. <sighs> because it's I good. Remember... It's a good thing. My parents would always say when it would get vandalised and snapped off, and my parents oh, would always yes. say, oh, the yobbos have been at the aerial. <laughs> Don't get yobbos yeah. anymore. No. I um, it get neither yobbos nor aerials anymore. Both. <laughs> exactly. My dad always used, whenever any kind of aerial reference came up, like, you know, if we were, sometimes we'd sit reading Midsummer Night's Dream to each other in the evenings. 
Wouldn't. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. Do you notice I didn't question that at all? If you extend, (laughs) if you extended like the radio aerial at home, he would always tell the same story, which I never knew if if he always said it was true, that a friend of his had leaned over to pick up a newspaper and the television aerial had gone up his nose and um, hadn't killed him, but had left him not the man he was. And for the rest of my life, at the, at the, whenever I see a radio aerial extended, I always point it towards the wall. Everything in our house was pointed towards the wall so we didn't get an aerial up our nose. How these things live with one. That's good. Good little bit of health and safety broadcasting there, I think. Yeah, there is an, an, enough of uh, that. But if, I know they're not on cars. I used to imagine a car could drive past you say if you were just about to pick something out the gutter and it could happen, you know, not only would it go into your brain, but you'd be dragged 150 yards, say, up the road before the driver realised that the radio reception was not what it had been. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, we don't, don't text us today because we're not live, but we've, we've got stuff that's come in during the week and, and stuff. So we can still have some contact with our, with our people. Yes. Well, I'd like to share something with you. This is from Conan in Letchworth. And he has sent us a missive called Name My Quails. Is it an Do idea you... for a game show? No. Okay. It's an idea for a name for his quails. I thought it was going to be a TV show where you take your quails on every week and celebrities come up with names for them. Can I ask another question? A quail, I know they lay eggs and I've eaten quail's eggs. Of course. But if if there was a quail, yeah, if there was a quail (laughs) in my garden, I don't know if I'd be able to recognise it and say, ooh, look at that quail. Is it like a game bird? Yes, I I always think of it in the same gang as the pheasant. Okay. Hang out together. Like Yobos, very unlike yeah. Yobos. <laughs> to Frank, Divine Miss M and Alan, I am soon to be the owner of a quail, as in the small brown pheasant. Okay. Naturally, I was wondering about the aspects of bird ownership, and I wondered what I could call the quails should they hatch. I can think of no better people to come up with punning quail-based names than the Saturday morning crew. Hopefully oh, you good. can come up with names similar to that of David Badil's cat, Chairman Meow. Sorry for any misspelling. I would thrust the night's move upon Emily, like so many readers, but I am 12 and not a filthy creep. That is all, Conan <laughs> Letchworth. Good stuff. It's a pity he's not a filthy creep in that he lives in Letchworth. <laughs> <laughs> but um, life doesn't always work out perfectly for the ponning. The ponning. Well, we'll, come, we'll come back to this, uh, Conan. Um, stick around. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We're in the midst of dealing with correspondence from Conan from Letchworth, who um, not only did he ask us to name his quail, but um, mm-hmm. interestingly, he said he didn't want to make a night's move on Emily um, yes. because he didn't want to be a filthy creep. Two phrases which I don't think have been used on the show for probably, what, three or four years? Yeah. When he was eight, he was picking (laughs) (laughs) That's a worry, isn't it? That is a worry. That was the golden age of the ARIA-nominated show that we used to run in. (laughs) So we're going to come up... You see, the the fact that he's 12, I've already got an issue here, because my everything in my very being wants to say Anthony... As a name for the quail, oh, yeah. because oh, Anthony Quail, because Anthony great. Quail was a famous actor, but I doubt if Conan oh, yes. knows don't think anything. Twelve-year-olds, so. yeah, m- much <clears throat> before. I was wondering how much um, how much history he knows, because Quail Caesar could be quite good, couldn't That's it? That's a good one. It sounds a bit like oh, Hail Caesar. I see. No, yeah, about Caesar. Bill Bill Quayley, like Bill, Bill. Bailey. Oh, I see. <laughs> It doesn't really work, that, does it? <laughs> but what I liked is that everyone was just... You were sort of hesitant rather than instantly judgmental. There was just <laughs> a pause. I, I, you know what? I did it, I did it visually. 
Yeah, okay, uh, good. Yeah. I'm and glad it was face, done. My face Bill, is horrible. Bill Quayley. Is that what you went for, yeah? Bill. Oh, don't Bill remind Quay- me of Bill Quayley. Oh, but hold well, on. If, if it's got feathers, it could be Quill Quayley. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about rather than it being a pun on Bill Bailey, maybe it's a pun on Bill Haley. Bill Haley. Like Bill Quayley and the Comets. Or Can Bill... we get off the subject of Bill Quayley? <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I, I think, think it's the I worst look, thing I've look, ever done. I don't done. think Emily wants to be remembered for Bill Quayley. <laughs> Honestly, I feel, I feel sick. I'd like when, to do when the rest we of the make... link on it. I think it's Please unfair. don't talk about Bill Quayley ever again. <laughs> when we I make the, disgusted uh, with the Emily Dean time capsure, which oh, we, we uh, bury somewhere in Knightsbridge so that she'll be remembered <laughs> in, in the future. I don't think we should put in Bill Quayley. Please stop Do, even saying Bill sorry, Quayley. Sorry, we won't say it again. Oh, um, please, Q. can call I call it your... B and Q as a code Oh name. no! Oh, <laughs> oh, well, you promise me you'll not mention Bill Quayley again. I'll try. Can I, you did it. You oh. mentioned it. <laughs> Yeah. Can I ask, um, did, did, did Conan, uh, a name I'm using casually, even though it's uh, startling, um, mm. did Conan say whether it's a male quail? Or a female oh, quail. Lovely. Internal rhyme. You see, I Assonance. come up with, I, I Maybe come he up with Bill Quayley, and you even come up with assonance without re- realising it. Um, yeah, well, this, look, um, but, he doesn't but, state, Frank. Yeah. He just says, um, no, he just says the owner of a quail, the small brown pheasant. I mean, if we had Alex Horn, he'd be able to tell us a great deal about the bird, wouldn't he? Well, oh, he's a, he's a, he's isn't he a twitcher? Oh, is yeah. he a twitcher? Mm. Yeah, I believe he is, or he was certainly for the purposes of a book. Oh. No, um, no, it was genuine. No, it was a genuine yeah. passion project. While I've got a book deal, no. yeah. I'm utterly obsessed with this for the for the course of no. my Edinburgh His show. His father was a bird watcher. No, I'm not okay. saying. I, I find I um, Alex to be more authentic than many in the public eye. So you probably mm-hmm. is. A, you so probably your is question, your question, uh, Minister, uh, you want to know whether the quail is male or female? I know this male or female is uh, is something of a bourgeois construct. That we well, don't only in humans, anymore. I think. I don't think it is in the animal kingdom. Well, I think we should um, maybe go for a more neutral uh, name. Um, you know, like. Um, what about Pauline? <laughs> I don't know why. I think Pauline just feels like a great name for a quail, even if it's a, a, a male quail. Because it's got a bit of Paul. Quirk in and it quail. Well. I like it. Yeah, so that's that. There you go, Conan. Uh, any other problems? Give us a shout. This is Frank Skinner. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Don't text the show today because we're not actually live. We're sitting at our various tables at home. Um, but you can follow the show at Frank on the radio on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Or you can email us via the Absolute Radio website. So we're still out there. Just a point of pedantry. I'm actually sat cross-legged on the floor. Are you really? You're going to do that for three hours? Yeah, I'm going to be really crampy later. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's uh, that's something. I don't think. I mean, the cross-legged. I remember at school we had we, we used to have to sit cross-legged in assembly. There was no no chairs in the hall, uh-huh. and uh, it was great. Didn't bother me at all. But now to sit cross-legged, I also yeah. think as well when we went. Do you remember we went as as a sort of absolute group outing we went to see Coldplay at um, oh I remember was it, was it the oh, Palladium oh did I think it was do you remember yes. there was a point where he um, Chris Martin sat on the stage cross-legged and then did that thing which I felt for me was the, the best part of the show when he stood up without using his hands his legs still crossed it. <laughs> oh yes. it was extraordinary it was like yeah. one of those. Do you remember those um, extending, like um, grabbers that you used to be able to pick things up from a mm. distance? You used to pull the two legs on them, and they were really amazing. It was impressive. It was I miraculous. You see, mm. I was a, a cross-legger in the school photo always, on account oh, yeah. of me being so short. Oh, it was always me that, in the front. Is that how they work it out? And uh, yeah. 
I see that. I don't I don't really do the cross legged anymore. I like okay. the idea of the sort of full lotus, if you know what I mean, but it's it's uh, it's beyond yeah. me. Mm. I'm gonna do that in next week's pre record. <laughs> I'm working my way up. Well, I find just doing my toenails um, is painful in the, in the extreme on the hips. Is it? <laughs> uh, oh, dear. I do, what like I do is I do, women I just do one toe a day. <laughs> I can't keep it up for any longer than that. How okay. long before it's out of reach? Eight, twelve, fifteen. No, don't that text would have the been, show. That would have been a good texting. We actually did have a good, uh, a good message from the past. You know, sometimes we bring up things oh, that we talked about God. in the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, now, now I can sit back and think I'm on my home ground. The past. I don't know if, don't know if you recall. A couple of weeks ago, we were discussing um, uh, Andy Murray, who was considering yes. becoming a golf caddy. Oh yeah. Um. Slight side issue, I thought... And well, I think, didn't we also have the Dalai Lama who was uh, considering becoming a tea caddy? Yeah. <laughs> in, his, in his next, next manifestation. <laughs> Green tea, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, it did occur to me, it's a shame that people like Andy Murray who have successful sporting careers wouldn't think of becoming a careers advisor because at school... They were largely losers, weren't they? And do they yet, still have careers? Advisors? I think they do, and I think it is, um, you know, it's one of those jobs where it would really help if the person was like a real visible winner, like Andy Murray. If yeah. he gave you careers advice, you think, oh yeah, well you know about stuff, don't you? I anyway. remember my my careers officer gave me um, a dossier <laughs> on um, to become a spy <laughs> job jobs in the film and TV industry. Really? Yeah, oh. that, when I was like um, like 14 or something. Really? Here you so, are. That's a weird, weird thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. I so I just sent of off comedian. And um, <laughs> I was, it went on an apprenticeship. <laughs> Funny it was that simple, eh? Um, it was, uh, we should, uh, we had a book, didn't we? Someone sent us their book on stand up comedy. And if it was just that, just some addresses. Well, that'd be good. <laughs> I did the same. I had to ring at least two of my dad's friends. <laughs> wow, what kind of a monster was that first guy? <laughs> Maybe he'd already um, he'd already allocated some friends' daughters that day, <laughs> and he had some sort of a capping. System, yes. you know those strict guys with the nepotism. I uh, <laughs> would it be nepotism? Yeah, I suppose it would be. I don't know. Well, yeah, we never heard of him that. again, so there you go. <laughs> no, I shouldn't think he was ever spoken to again. The uh, yeah, the the git. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Al, you, I think you were in the midst of uh, correspondence. I was in the midst of uh, a, a text that we had in, or maybe a tweet, about um, the Andy Murray unexpected career change conversation that we had mm -hmm. where we were discussing Andy Murray becoming a golf caddy and I think I brought up um, Dick Francis becoming a novelist after being a, a jockey uh, and uh, Stevie... At Rug82 has, has messaged Frank, Emily and Alan. <laughs> Can't believe you missed the most unusual and unexpected career change uh, as that Andy Murray was considering. Dion Dublin, Premier League striker, now on Homes Under the Hammer. I was totally blindsided on this one. That is a big change, isn't it? Well, I think that um, footballers are profoundly materialistic. And... Um, <laughs> And you know that sort of footballers' cribs thing. Oh yes. Yeah. So I think that they are their property. It used to be a thing, didn't it? Um, Andy Carroll's house, I remember, was a particular gold mine of mm. of um, nouveau riche um, extremity. It was it was great in that it was exactly what you wanted Andy Carroll's home to be. 
Um, but I like that. I like um, I, I being um, a member of the nouveau riche myself. <laughs> I, I like um, I like misjudged excess yes. on when when the poor get lucky, um, <laughs> as I might put it. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, I think that. Yeah, Sol uh, Campbell was big on the old property development. Oh yes. Recall. That's oh, yeah. right, he was. See, I think I a think lot of we... people say it about Robbie Fowler too, don't they? Oh. What, he's big on the property thing? Yeah. Is there a joke in this I've missed? No, I think okay. it's, um, it's a thing that people talk about. That he oh, that's a good Quails, and Quails name, isn't it? Robbie Fowler. What, Robbie oh, Fowler? Oh, oh, oh you're on silent yeah. again. Is that another that Bill Quayley? That no, was good. No, I think that Robbie would be, would be good for, okay, because thank of the you. foul. Thank you. Aspect. I suppose if the twelve-year-old yeah. is interested in uh, political history, he could call the quail Dan Quail. Isn't oh, that an that's good. Vice oh, yeah. you've nailed it. You've nailed it. Dan, it's a nice name for a pet as well. Whereas Anthony, yeah. you, you don't want to be calling out a three-syllable <laughs> thing. You know, I mean, I don't know if you take a quail for a walk, but you know, when they um, when they are sort of running off. I think they're quite speedy quails, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I think they they virtually gallop. Wow! Uh, and if you're calling Anthony, I mean, with each syllable, it's syllables. ten yards further away. Yeah. Whereas Dan, yeah, you've got you got a chance <laughs> there. I would say. <laughs> oh man, here's a uh, here's the thing. I tell you uh, what, I've been playing a lot this week. Yeah. Frisbee. Oh, yeah. Now, oh. I don't know how you guys feel about Frisbee. I find it one Have a guess. of the most satisfying activities mm -hmm. you can indulge in. I think oh, it could man. really catch on. The only, I mean, the horror of it for me, of course, is I don't have any friends. And, and playing um, <laughs> Frisbee <laughs> alone is yeah. I can't think of a way of, of doing it. Um, you want a boomerang, boomerang mate? Yeah, no, but yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about uh, a boomerang because the frisbee. I've got, I bought a deliberately soft frisbee, you know, because occasionally they smack you in the face, you know that. And yeah. boomerangs, of course, are originally weapons, and uh, I, I don't really want to be operating with a weapon. But um, I'll, I'll come back in in a second because honestly, I'm not kidding. I it it makes me so happy for his being. I was talking about uh, frisbeeing, the glory of the hover. I think that's the moment for me. You know, when someone frisbees to you, if frisbee yeah. can be a verb, and that moment where you can't quite believe it's still in the air, it's just hanging there. Oh, and then you just grab it. I take it like you might take a, a, a plate at the beginning of a buffet, just gently oh into the hand. Oh. It's it's. Do you guys frisbee? Yeah, I frisbee fairly frequently. Oh, it's great. M. Uh, do you want to take a guess what the answer <laughs> to that question anti, might anti be? Anti frisbee. Do you, you know? remember M's anti frisbee? Lovely woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think she was uh, with the old Vic in uh, in the forties. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? I honestly don't think I've ever successfully caught a frisbee. Oh, that oh. makes me that I, really makes me sad. I haven't finished yet. Okay. Because I generally wouldn't bother. Oh. If it was thrown in my direction, it's a long way down. I can't you have to pick it up, it drops all the time. I've never got any pleasure. It's not nice for the nails. I I don't get joy from it. I'm really sorry. There are some physical activities I get a tremendous amount of joy from. Well, I'll keep that, it there. Well, <laughs> oh yeah. Also, but, you know. I'm biased because my my as a dog owner, they are a bit of a hazard. Okay. Well, oh, you, you say that, but yeah. I dream of the day. <laughs> When I see that most iconic <laughs> frisbee moment in the flesh, when a dog leaps up and catches, I've never seen that live. That yeah. could be arranged. My, oh, I'd love to see. It. Well, I don't cover, think every cover dog your frisbee in pate, and it'll happen. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's a bit. But I used to work with a. I used to go out with a woman who'd um, worked in the TV and film industry. Obviously, been looking at my dossier. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever there was a dog in a film that did anything, she would always say, "Gravy." And it was like, oh. so the big gravy on a chair or a gun. Or on someone's <laughs> neck or whatever, and the dog would would uh, be very eyes on the prize. Dog would go straight, straight for the bisto. I think mm. is. Um, I hope <laughs> that's a phrase. I'm glad you're enjoying the filmings. frisbee, though, Frank. That's nice. Oh man! Imagine seeing a dog catch one now. Em, you that, <laughs> now? I thought I might bring you in with the dog image of a dog catching one because you're a dog person. Wouldn't that be? They catch them in their mouths, obviously. <laughs> I'm not asking yeah. them to do anything uh, supernatural or acrobatic. <laughs> yeah, but just the idea of them taking them between the two front paws is. Um, it would be brilliant, <laughs> but it would also. I don't know if I'd sleep for a week if I'd seen that. Yeah. No. Anyway, I um, I uh, don't send me a free frisbee. I've I've got one. I'm not. That's not why I'm talking about it. I I honestly it, yeah, it's check a you sort out. I've of got a, one. It's a yeah. sort of a therapy uh, thing. Oh, it's uh, very it's, nice. Yeah. Mm. Frisbee guys, frisbee. Uh, make frisbee, not war. Is my uh, <laughs> is my motto. I don't. And know, does not does, gonna, does Buzz enjoy a play. game of frisbee? Buzz, yeah, Buzz, mainly me and my sister-in-law are very obsessed uh, frisbee participants. So we do it, and then when Buzz says, oh, come on, can I play? We go, okay. And then we (laughs) do it, because to be honest, you just got to take the, you got to take the standard down a notch. And I think that both, that hurts both of us. Okay, well, I um, might play, I might have a game with Buzz then. Well, bring 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 the dog, and we'll uh, we'll see. We'll what do we it. Can, and you, you uh, stay in the super European Super League. Enjoy it. <laughs> well, I think what we can do is skim uh, the frisbee and then throw the dog. So, in, in other words, you used to see cowboys throw a whiskey bottle in the air and shoot it while it was still airborne. Something, that's that's the kind of uh, pastime I'm after. Wow. I was just thinking if we were if we uh, Emily has a very small dog, and if we were frisbeeing um, with your small, I imagine what would happen is the dog would come down on it like Silver Surfer, you know, on that uh-huh. that thing that it stand, that he stands on. <laughs> anyway, sorry, enough enough oh, frisbee. My dog and I don't do frisbee. We'll watch. We'll watch you. Um, mm. I want to talk about the curious incident, not of the dog and the frisbee, but mm-hmm. the curious incident of the European Super League. Well, yeah, I'd because like to discuss this as well. What, what a whirlwind 48 hours that had during it its really brief existence. It really was <laughs> the biggest thing in football and then gone. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, the great. shenanigans... It so, was the sort of Loch Ness monster of football. <laughs> it, it, it it emerged from the water, and there was a <laughs> tremendous explosion of uh, activity, and then, ping, gone, gone for years. So we should say for anyone who who missed it, <clears throat> it was essentially over a. Th- would you say yeah? It was a three day period. It was Sunday through to Tuesday. Mm. We learnt that to use a football correspondence term, top flight. Clubs <laughs> from, from sort of England and Italy and Spain. They'd all been in these secret. Sorry, talks. can I say that was my that was my doorbell? If you're wondering, oh, was what it? That sound was. You yeah. want to get it? Might be exciting. No, um, I've asked Kat. I, I tell you what, it's someone picking up five hundred stickers that I've had to autograph. What wow. for? The poetry well, book. Because they're they're going to be stuck in my uh, prayer book. So I, oh. had to, I had to sit and sign a load of those. Is it going to say keep prayer alive? Terribly depressing um, Leicester West Brom game. It's an interesting <laughs> counterpoint. So they're picking those up and taking them. To, I mention it um, in case there's anyone from the Arias listening. Oh, yeah. to say, <laughs> this is the you know, sort of I'm, stuff they're overlooking. <laughs> yeah, so I'm still quite current. It might be a I'm representative saying. from the Arias saying there's been a terrible oversight. That is possible. Yeah. They've turned up in person. Yeah. Maybe I will get it. Maybe. In case it is. Anyway, sorry, that's what that noise was. It was my doorbell. I apologise. But it gives it a certain authenticity and a sense of place 
which I yeah. think is is a good thing. You oh, mentioned like West Bromwich the Albion there. I did mention um, West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. They were not they were not amongst the um, teams that tried to create the breakaway European Super League, were they? No, no, no. no My they team didn't. was uh, though. Yeah, we were part of the. What is now? Well, what is? I feel soiled. I'm one of the dirty dozen, as they've now been referred to. Aren't they the so dirty half dozen? Tried it. <laughs> no, because including the uh, Italian oh, and Spanish clubs, we are collectively the dirty dozen. Uh-huh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel so bad about it. I like. I think that for me, the highlight of the whole incident was that the Premier League <laughs> were horrified <laughs> by the idea of turning your back on years of tradition and, and forming a breakaway league for financial gain. I mean, <laughs> the Premier League must have thought that was the worst behaviour they'd ever heard in their entire <laughs> lives. Goodness, no wonder they were affronted. When there was sort of growing pressure for them to all withdraw, them. Yeah. See, I'm saying them. Normally mm-hmm. you say we when it's your team. Now it's them. Uh, and what I liked was that as the pressure was increasing and everyone got involved, Prince William put a statement on Twitter and he signed it W, which I think he may as well have just said many thanks. Yeah, exactly. that's how harsh it was. Uh Boris Johnson got involved. Everyone was was sort of putting all this pressure on them. And what I liked is who's going to go first? Well, I think it was Man City. They elected first, didn't they? They said first, okay, we're not, we're going to leave this. Then Chelsea, we took our time. It's embarrassing. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, it's a pity Chelsea weren't quite so quick when the oligarchs <laughs> and the uh, oil magnates came in to state their money, money isn't what football's all about. We're going to have a fans cooperative. Okay, we won't win anything. We won't get any good players, but that's more important than money coming in from abroad from people who might not have, you know, the tradition of football at heart. So they miss their moment. Those those fans. Really. <laughs> We were discussing the European Super League. I have to say, when it was first announced, um, the uh, I don't know who it was, but there was a, a sports uh, guy on the telly, and he was saying, uh, it, this is the most selfish thing, people who just put their clubs first and don't care about football as a whole. And I thought, yes, that's absolutely right. Uh, although I had already started thinking, hold it, so if these six are expelled, <laughs> does that mean there's no relegation this season? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could turn out all right, couldn't it? Yeah, I was, I was, get, I was getting quite excited about it. I must admit, I've never, I, I was probably more pro-European um, Super League than anyone. I also, I was talking to uh, Jason Mohammed about this, a final score, and he was asking me about it, and I said... I was asking him if he'd ever been to a school party when the big boys from higher years are there mm. and then they go off to another party and oh, suddenly yeah. you're the main ones. You know, you've got a bit of free, you've got yes. a chance of getting a girl, you're not going to get humiliated or shoved around, so you can have a drink. It. Oh, it's, I'd love, no disrespect um, to your team, Em, but I would mm. have loved them to have gone. I like Kevin Keegan. Yeah, everything would have moved. I would have loved it. Everything would have moved up a notch. We'd have been like mid-table. (laughs) Come on! Yeah, Yeah, every cloud. (laughs) Yeah. What I find surprising, guys, is you know people who own football clubs seem such nice men normally. Mm, Exactly. They see. They really do seem like model citizens. And I have to. Go on, no, Frank. go on. No, I, I must defer to uh, my own. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I was just going to say that uh, we've got uh, at West Brom, we've got like a Chinese billionaire who spent about £9.50 on, <laughs> right. uh, on the club since he's been here. So it doesn't necessarily work out the sort of fairy godmother um, approach to football. But in the past, what we've had is like, Local blokes who made their money from um, ingots <laughs> and stuff. We had a bloke called Trev the Shed, 
who oh, had a big shed company, and that's how he'd made his, <laughs> his money. And you he know those was those nice uh, tumble dryer people. Yeah. Oh well, that see, I'm I'm I I think they've come out of it very well. There's, there was no um, no heating um, engineers involved in the big breakaway, but no. Trev the shed was the man who. Um, when we had a, uh, a screening of a, a local derby against Wolves at the ground and there was yeah. fighting amongst their fans, Got was outraged and said, if we ever do a screening again, we'll do it behind closed doors, <laughs> which is I, one of my favourite chairman quotes <laughs> of all time. But there's been one of my uh, favourite chairman. Surely there were some Mao quotes you prefer yeah, to that. Yeah, but I, I don't know. My Cantonese is not what it was. I'm not going to. Who's your favourite chairman? Mine's Sir Alan Sugar. Oh, well, you know what? I once had lunch with Sir Alan Sugar, and he began a sentence. <laughs> I remember when I signed Jurgen Klinsmann <laughs> for Tottenham on my yacht in Monaco. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and then he ordered the flambe i remember um wow yeah you're fired he said to the uh, ah, uh, very good <laughs> frank skinner, skinner on absolute radio hello this is frank skinner on absolute radio with emily dean and alan cochran don't text the show today please because we're not live in the studio however you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio, or you can email the show via the Absolute Radio website if you like. We were just discussing the European Super League. Uh, I, I gotta be straight, I didn't quite see why people were so upset about it. Is that? I'm glad that... you've said that. I felt the exact same because, again, it didn't seem like big news to me that it's, football it's clubs right, might be. It? Might be motivated by self-interest and oh no, it's, exactly. It's, it's not a new thing that people were a bit. Also, the idea that these clubs are going to be punished by the Premier League for for mm. nearly leaving. I, there was a thing where um, I, you know when they said, I think that the Premier League when they when they pulled out the ESL, the Premier League should have said, "Oh, sorry, we've uh, we've given your places to uh, someone else." <laughs> yeah. Straight to top flight football. It is a bit like we went off, tried to have an affair, and it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. So now we want to come back into the family home. There is a touch of that, yeah. It's exactly what happened. I I wouldn't have them back under any circumstances. (laughs) (laughs) I like the FA. The FA have said that the the officials from some of those six clubs are being forced to step down from some FA subcommittees. I thought, right. wow, that is a hell of a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know uh, what the- I found slightly alarming, guys, was uh, the quote, it, it was reported that uh, Roman Abramovich is said to be, and then it said in quotes, furious about the way, th- I mean, you don't want to hear that. No. You don't but, want Roman but, being furious But what was he furious about? Had they not told Roman Abramovich that they were going into the European? I think Roman was furious that uh, about the way things had played out. I think he was very much uh. pro-ESL, unsurprisingly. But I think uh, he, he was angry that he wasn't given a heads up that there would be such a strong reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, must, I, I didn't mind sort of, uh, you know, people with shaven heads in the street <laughs> setting fire to replica shirts. I thought that was okay. There were some yeah. very sort of people I've never really heard mention football before mm. saying, oh, this is an absolute disgrace. You know, there's a, and you just sort of thought, well, mind your own business. There was, <laughs> yeah. there was, there was Remainers <laughs> complaining about the fact that these British people were going to form some sort of European uh, yes. Union. <laughs> Um, which which didn't recognise national <laughs> barriers and was about bringing Europe together. They were absolutely outraged at that concept. Football did what politics Europe? couldn't. It united people in, <laughs> in, in, in the same view about Europe. <laughs> why, why do you think as well, I've always noticed this, when people feel the need to give official statements on anything. So, oh, for yeah. example, when the Prime Minister gives a statement, I always find it a bit 
weird the way Keir Starmer then has to give a statement. Like the mm. leader of the opposition always has to give a slightly diluted statement. It's I... a bit performative. It's like when a parent tells a dog off and then a kid copies them and says, yes, very naughty indeed. <laughs> That's what it feels like. I wish like Keir Starmer had said that. <laughs> I wish that had been his statement. Yes, you are naughty. Naughty club. If he'd have done that, I could have guaranteed him my support forever to his political career. It would have been so refreshing and brilliant. One of the big uh, complaints about the European Super League as well is that. Um, you couldn't get relegated from it once you're yeah. in it. You're in it forever, and people once you're thought in, that. You're in. people thought that was an outrage. Like the six English clubs that were going in are constantly facing relegation, <laughs> and that gives them some sort of sense of being alive. I actually <laughs> think it's about time someone said that relegation is an outmoded concept. That I think <laughs> the sooner football turns its back on the idea of relegation, the better. I thought we had that revolution in the 60s where kids at school were taught that you can't fail at sport. As long as you're participating, you, we are all winners. And surely, yeah. off the back of that, there shouldn't be any relegation uh, at all. Relegation that, is such a negative thing. Yeah, I think we should um, stop relegation, preferably within the next two or three <laughs> Wait. on Absolute Radio. I think we've probably rounded off on the European Super League. I'd say, generally speaking, the key thing to remember is it was less of a threat to football than VAR. Yeah. <laughs> and think... that's what the protests in the street, people should be burning referees. Shirts. Yeah, uh, I think it's. Just... I what I love about VAR is the is the brilliant that for years I have really laid into football officials at various football grounds across the country, mainly at the Hawthorns. But there's always been a little part of me that's bought into that football cliche. It's a very hard job, really. Right. And although I've, yes, I've criticised them, it's so difficult to judge something like an offside or a ham or whatever it is in the speed of the game. And what I love about VAR is, is it's given them absolute slow motion. They can watch the same thing 10 times. <laughs> and it's finally got rid of that doubt that if you make it really easy for football officials, they still don't know what they're talking still about. Still get it wrong. It's and that's they've got nowhere to go now. Uh, so if I, I don't know if the European Super League were going to use VAR, but if they agreed not to, I think people might have been a bit keen. Oh, that might have got mm. them into it. Mm. Yeah, I found would, it. Um, I found it a strange news story because it only lasted about three days, didn't it? But on day one, I didn't really pay much attention because I heard the phrase Super League and thought it was about rugby league, mm. and so I just ignored it. And then day two, it seemed a lot of anger. And then I've finally paid it some attention, and it seems that people are annoyed because the breakaway group were all successful football teams. Mm. I don't think people are upset just in general at the idea of sport changing and new extra kind of competitions being created. So I was thinking, let's shake football up, but not have it be sort of successful teams all competing with each other. Just find a different way of selecting them like maybe one year, all the teams whose names end in United could play each other in a separate, like a United league. Oh. So you get Man United against Sheffield United and just write down the divisions, get all the Uniteds playing and then, you know, maybe Leighton Orient could play some Chinese teams. Um, <laughs> just mix it up. <laughs> Do it I like your names. phrase. That phrase, let's shake football up, would be a great <laughs> Man City slogan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised some marketing you can have that mate if you're listening from your yeah. PR desk all the teams who have uh, white away shorts have to play each other just make it a bit more randomised just make it random just... yeah I'll be honest be with fun, you I've gone it? off football I've gone off football generally I, I think know. a lot of people have fine. Yeah. maybe it's time for a rest <laughs> <laughs> the thing is um, what West Bromwich Albion did 
I don't want to go on about West Brom, but you know that thing, uh, if you've ever seen Clotwise with uh, John Cleese, there's a bit where, yeah. where he says... It makes me too stressed it's, it's, when everything goes wrong. Said, I yeah. can't bear it. He said, it's not the despair that gets you, <laughs> it's the hope. Yeah, and oh, yeah. we had two back-to-back victories and it just woke up that little gleam of hope. <laughs> and then um, oh. on Thursday night, it was utterly dashed to the oh. ground. Um, still, you don't want to hear about this. This is like, I feel I've stood up at an AA meeting and um, Albion Anonymous, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> and, and spat that out. But... Um, Oh God! I'd snatch their hand off for a European Super League place now if it uh, if it was offered, and that would be a quite a big story if it was. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I wanted to talk to you both about some other football news because really? I must say, commiserations for Buzz Frank because he's lost his gaffer, hasn't he? Well, my son is a, is a. Uh, a Spurs fan, but he took it pretty well. Of course, I don't think uh, Boz ever got over Pochettino, who signed this programme, no. My Best oh. Friend Is You. <laughs> um, and so he's always, he's, he's happy to see... It's been a turbulent Pot time well. since he started supporting the uh, the Black Chickens. Yes. Yes. It was great, though, wasn't it, Mourinho's exit? I, I love the fact that he was carrying <laughs> enormous pictures of himself winning trophies. Yeah. Did you held notice that? It's a really massive picture of him holding up the European Cup Champions What I liked was bit. that they were those canvas car... They were those sort of canvas photo Ones without photo frames, the ones with <laughs> <Yes>. staples. <laughs> That you see in the window of snappy snaps. Exactly. Again, again, I don't want to always come across like the motoring correspondent on the show, but the fact that they were going in a car with a conventional boot rather than a big... How did he do that? It's a sort of Mary Poppins approach. (laughs) Yes. You'd think he'd know somebody with an estate or a Range Rover in his position. But massive, massive pictures of him doing well. I Can mean, I... that, that's bad. If you're at a club where it's not happening, I don't know if I'd want those. I mean, I've taken down all the pictures of me with Arias in our house this week. No, but you don't want to be going into the man. The chairman's coming in. I suppose he has to go into the chairman. But a player, player coming in about the fact, you know, they've lost five games recently and all that, and he's sitting there surrounded by all this previous glory. I'd find that a bit... Awkward, I must say. Yeah. I have a question. Question. Was there something about the clearing out of the office that was slightly performative? I always find it very performative, those clearing out of the office. It's a bit like, you know, when you see someone in those films and they, they, they get fired, usually and in they've the, got the first cardboard or second. Box. They've yeah. got the cardboard box. And what is in it, guys? The angle poise lamp and the plant. Yeah the, yeah. yeah, the yocker. Yeah. <laughs> Photo of what? children. Was he and, doing... of course, the enormous uh, canvas of them winning the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> that old cliché, which I think was in... Uh, was that in Sleepless in Seattle? <laughs> I think, I uh, but I think the... he... I'm just saying, I think he, he wanted... Even though he was saying, I want privacy, please. They don't give me privacy. Even my friend yeah. Gary, he disturbed me. My friend my Gary. I think he didn't want privacy... <laughs> Because if he wanted privacy, he could have said, oh, you know what, could somebody arrange to just... You've got my address, haven't you? Could you courier those yeah. over? Can you box this stuff up? Yeah, have you got Your any, witness, uh, Frank. Have you got any um, paper or something I can put over these enormous <laughs> pictures of me winning the Champions League before I carry... Because it's a bit embarrassing being sacked and having these pictures of me doing really well. I What's wonder the... if it was subliminal messaging to yeah. chairman across Europe... That right. he's leaving with big pictures of how successful he's been. <laughs> Little flash frames. You remember? You remember? Champions yeah. League. Yeah. I, I want to know if we missed a bit of footage where uh, eight suitcases full of tracksuits with the initials JM went into the back of the car <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, I, I like so the true. old days when it was someone like Cloffy and about nine bin liners of petty cash went into the car. <laughs> Oh yeah! If you want your tradition, everyone's been moaning about traditions being uh, what. Let's get back to the old brown envelope left behind the uh, yeah. cistern. If you want to be a George traditional Graham. football, 
obviously these are all um, yes. jokes and none of those people actually got involved in anything of the kind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I have to sympathise with uh, Jose Mourinho because I, I do this. If I, if I'm doing new material at a little club somewhere and it goes badly, I do really enjoy the exit, the walk home, the oh, idea yeah. of the broken, you know, the broken artist struggling <laughs> and suffering. I love all that. I always turn my collar up, even if it's summer. Just to look like, you know, like someone like Samuel Beckett leaving a late night rehearsal. Uh So I think he did a bit of self-dramatisation, didn't he? Well, it was very... uh, I believe the internet referred to it as UOK Hun. It was very UOK Hun. (laughs) Especially because the statement said, and this, this always makes me feel ill, relieved of their duties. Oh, yeah. Oh, sick burn. Like it was, like um, it was a bit of a pain being the manager of Spurs. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I tell you what, I, Marini, I've been thinking about it. Uh, I, I, I'm going to just get, give you a break. Um, bye. <laughs> yeah, it's not right. I the, the Gary thing though. Oh, oh his friend was Gary. That? He's now, a broadcaster Sky, from somewhere, isn't he? I, I watched the coverage on uh, <laughs> Sky Sports News, of course, and it placed. Sky in a very difficult position, which I enjoyed um, tremendously, <laughs> because Gary Cottrell, who is the uh, the journalist, yeah, Sky were obviously fiercely proud that Jose Mourinho referred to him personally and gave him a bit of a playful hug and all that. Yes. They, they, it was like our guys really in with Jose Mourinho, and, and obviously yeah. that was the. The man of the moment, it was a big story. It was a great moment for Sky. But they had to follow it with like a 40-second disclaimer about the hog, saying that oh, we've both they? been in individual bubbles. And can I point out that we've, uh, and we've both tested on a regular basis? And they right. gave a long COVID explanation. Um. And they must have thought, look, we have to show this clip. And uh, we'll just we'll we'll just do a big apology after, but we can't not show Gary Cottrell in the arms yeah. of uh, Jose Mourinho. I did it love did, it. It did make me think in the times of social distancing, the only handshake that you can get is if you're Jose Mourinho, the golden handshake. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> well, they say he'll, he'll get fifteen million. No, he gets loads, doesn't he? Every time he gets sacked, he gets that's loads. He gets yeah, loads. Yeah, that's that's that almost much, that's like a million fair. a month, virtually. That's it's all right, bad, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, I do well, this he's show been, for you know, he's uh, one of the world's most successful football managers. But, I've seen um, it on his posters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have one that just said that? Just like, you know, <laughs> keep calm and carry on. Yeah. I just wish said. he had a mug saying that. You don't have to be special to work here, but it helps. <laughs> he does an advert, doesn't it? Do they have it on this? On, yes, on he does. Of him saying uh, special is winning uh, Champions League. Winning, and then it's like some betting thing, not so special. In other words, there's loads of winners. Um, uh-huh. I didn't like it. I felt he'd let me down, let himself down. Yeah. But, you know, we're all different. Um, I, uh, I suspect I've been watching Spurs now because my son supports them. Mm. And um, phew, it's quite hard work watching Spurs under Jose Mourinho, if I'm going to oh, be absolutely... It? Oh, man, football You don't have to add the on. under Jose Mourinho in my... No, no, it was fantastic, <laughs> the Pochettino years, but um, he's a cautious man. I was surprised he wasn't wearing a crash helmet when he got out the car. <laughs> <laughs> he is a cautious man. I, I suspect that he will go into rugby now, uh, where the forward pass... He's outlawed. I think he'll feel <laughs> tremendously at home in that environment. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Frank, I would like to take you into the outside world. We've had a missive via Instagram, which I'd like to share with you. It's a, it's a late critique 
rather than a late review. Mm. It's from Ginger Jennifer. Hi, Frank. Hope all well. I just wanted to disagree with you on a point you made on Saturday the 26th of October 2019. <laughs> <laughs> you see, An ex-girlfriend of yours. Is this from my partner? <laughs> <laughs> I already she like the tone a, of this text. <laughs> she keeps a, a detailed grudge journal, <laughs> which Wouldn't she occasionally reads from. to just send an ex a message out of the blue saying, hello, hope you're well. I'd just like to disagree <laughs> with you on something you said on <laughs> Tuesday the 4th of March, 1997. So what anyway, did I say way Jennifer back? continues. While I like discussing... the sound of ginger Jennifer, by the way. I champion gingers in all areas of life. While discussing Kylie Jenner merchandise and those who buy it, you said, fools are harmless. My husband and I discuss this quote frequently and we strongly disagree. We believe fools in large groups are absolutely dangerous. Anyway, I feel like I had to get that off my chest as it's been bothering me since October 2019. I would just like to add that whenever we see someone committing a foolish act that could cause them or others harm, for example, not following the Green Cross Code, my husband and I will say to each other, remember that time that Frank Skinner said fools are harmless? You really do amplify our fool radar. All the best, Jennifer. Yeah, I think this is partly down to the fine distinction between a fool and an idiot. Oh, yeah. um, I think a fool is by definition a, a, a harmless, hapless individual who um, says um, silly things and does silly things. But I think that the, the dangerous branch um, become idiots. So I think this is about um, semantics, Ginger Jennifer. Oh. Rather, or, or, you know, or should I say Auburn, Jennifer, if mm. um, just as an example of how things can be interchanged. Um, so, but I, yes, you're right. There are some uh, dangerous people around, but they're idiots. Right. <laughs> OK, got that <laughs> sorted out. You're very focused on the fools, yeah? Fools are lovable, I think. Right. This was, um, uh, it was a distinction that me and David Baddiel forged many years ago. You know, in the course of doing a lot of uh, TV series, you work with uh, some fools and some idiots, and it's very important to be able to put them into their respective groups in a shorthand way when you're um, when you're uh, discussing them after the show. Oh, nice! <laughs> Little tip there for anyone who's going into television. I like the idea of you forging like you were blacksmiths or something. <laughs> yeah, well, when when you were given that dossier, was it just for the fools and idiots that were? Uh, there television? was a fools and idiots, uh, fools and idiots subheading in it. Yeah. I think the, the the dossier opened. If you're going to work in uh, in uh, television um, for any period of time, you must develop a method. <laughs> um, for dealing with people who are much less funny than you telling you what's funny. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, and yeah. I, it stuck with me, that opening. Um, I think it was a <laughs> quote from uh, John Logie Baird. <laughs> uh, Pop up. Yeah, and I've, um, it stuck with me. And I, it's, 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 I've passed it on to lots of people going into television for the Lovely. first time. Mm. Yeah, that's the kind of a guy I am. I think it's important to have a sort of, you know, if you've done all right, when you come out of that, have a sort of philanthropic sharing thing with others. Mm. Anyway, let's leave it on that rather um, sparkling <laughs> note of um, <laughs> compassion. Um, thank you uh, so much for listening today. Sarah Champion is up next. I do listen to her. Um, guys, it was I, I don't see you today. This is Alan and, uh, and Emily, but thanks for being there. Thank you all for being there. And if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again live this time next week. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. 